Welcome to the Warrior Optimized Podcast. Join your host, Matt Angler, as he shares insights into the strategies and mindsets that can be implemented to guide you down the road toward living fully optimized. As a business owner, sales and marketing director, success coach, anti-aging advocate, and lifelong learner, stories and lessons will cover a wide range. But golden nuggets are waiting to be uncovered, so buckle up. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me. It's Matt Engler here today. Uh, it is the first day of November 2018, where I'm at in southeastern, eastern side of Pennsylvania. It is a near-perfect autumn day, a little on the more mild side. I'm probably almost 60 degrees, actually, right now, uh, with the, uh, the leaves changing, the glow and warmth of... Uh, the, the, the golden leaves outside my window right now where I'm coming to you from, uh, from my office. Uh, it's just a, a, a glorious autumn day. And uh, so today basically the main t- the topic today is just going to kind of be a, a recap. And uh, for those of you who'd run Spartan races, this is uh, you'll get something out of this one. If you don't do Spartan races, you'll get something out of it as well. Um, but basically, I want to recount the uh, the Spartan event from this past weekend, which was held in Vernon, New Jersey, uh, Mountain Creek Ski Resort, uh, located approximately, I'd say, five-ish, ten miles from the New York state border, so northern New Jersey. Uh, usually a beautiful setting. Uh, this weekend, however, was a different tale. We uh, we were in the midst of uh, what's called a nor'easter. Uh, for those of you who uh, aren't familiar with that type of storm system, essentially it's a unique type of system that we get over here on the East Coast, particularly the Northeast. And uh, it's a coastal storm that sets up where low pressure uh, develops off of the coast and it's just a really intense storm and generally there's two systems that converge to create this offshore low pressure system and if uh, you guys or any of you are familiar with uh, pressure systems and low pressure systems well first of all airflow air flows from high to low pressure so at the epicenter of these systems is the lowest pressure so the air the wind is blowing from the outside in and it blows in at a 30 degree angle to these isobars Um, and all that basically means is as the storm is rolling up the co- the coast the winds come out of the northeast which is how the name gets derived nor'easter um, so um, anyway now that that's out of the way uh, it was pretty intense storm so uh, I mean it was predicted more than a week out uh, but you never know with these storms um, in the winter time, you know, we get sometimes the, the, the snow freaks really love when these storms develop because you can get, uh, you know, a foot plus, two feet, three feet of snow when these things really develop uh, and everything comes together perfectly. So uh, they, they can be fickle. So with that being said, I was personally holding out till basically a day or two out from the race to see if this was really going to come to fruition. And uh, in the forecast, they had it they had it nailed down. So people who give these meteorologists a rough time, um, you know, from having three semesters of, of meteorology uh, courses at Penn State, I can tell you it is not easy. Uh, but they, they got this one right. And unfortunately for us, we literally raced in a nor'easter and at its height uh, of this storm. Uh, pretty incredible. Um, it was uh, definitely put it 
a lot of people, everybody, to the ultimate test, uh, particularly on Saturday. And uh, it was, uh, I think, pretty unprecedented for the amount of people who did have to withdraw from the race um, just due to, to cold. Um, some actually hypothermia. Uh, some basically they just couldn't feel their toes and fingers and were worried about potential frostbite. Um, it was just a very unique set of circumstances that, that went into this race. And, uh, you know, obviously wind uh, is, is a factor, cold is a factor, but cold, rain, and wind all combined um, is not the, the best. Now, I can tell you when I started the race, um, I was cold and I, you know, had a little bit of anxiety thinking that, you know, this is going to be a long race. I mean, there's a lot, obviously, of grip strength obstacles, and my fingers currently are, are frozen. I mean, not frozen, but they were cold. But luckily, the first part of the race was an uphill climb. So by the time I, I hit the first climb, the, the summit, the first climb, which was probably, I would say, no more than 10 minutes, um, I was warm. So that was good. It, it was, it was, you know, it was muddy. It was a little slick, but you were still able to kind of get your heart rate up and get some blood flow, and felt good. And then at the bottom of that first descent, um, they had the uh, the dunk wall, which typically water level is up to the bottom of the wall, so you literally have to be completely submerged in the water to get underneath the wall. Uh, whether it was an oversight or they were just being nice, I'm not sure, but they left approximately two feet of space from the water level to the bottom of the wall. So uh, it was nice. You didn't have to get fully submerged. So you got your kept your upper body out of it. But more importantly, I think in my case, I was able to keep my arms and my fingers, hands out of the water. Um, and then from there was on to another climb, which again, I felt was appropriate. It was still raining, but the climb, getting the blood flow, uh, felt good and uh w w was warm so uh I, I had no real complaints and you know it's just not the most pleasant conditions but ultimately what happened on the back half uh, of the course it, it basically turned into uh what we call bushwhacking um and it was you you were just in the woods there was no trail I and mean, there was ribbon of course on either side designating the uh the course but ultimately there was no trail no path you were just running through the woods, dodging trees, it's raining, it's windy, you know, rocks and roots, you're on a mountain. Um, it, occasionally, you, you found yourself almost, you know, into mud and muck that were halfway up your shin. Um, water just pouring down the mountainside. It was, it was not very, well, it wasn't ideal, but it's a Spartan race, so you don't really sign up for ideal running uh, condition. But the problem that it presented was it kept your heart rate low. You couldn't you just couldn't get enough speed going, enough effort going because you're you're pretty much focusing on just foot placement and not not falling. Um, and it just was it became a challenge to, to put enough effort and go fast enough to get your heart rate enough to keep your, your extremities warm. And I think that's where a lot of people uh, basically started to fall apart uh, was on that back half of the course where heart rate started to fall and you know and, and the rain was just relentless um and, and you don't realize you know what it does when you're just constantly getting pounded by rain and i mean i was literally running and like just reciting in my brain you know blood is flowing to all my extremities blood and warmth are flowing to my extremities blood and warmth are flowing to my fingertips blood and warmth. and i believe it worked because it did keep me you know 
warm enough. I could feel the cold coming in. I was just really trying to will the warmth to me. Um, you know, I started to get a pretty good surge uh, when I felt we're probably about, you know, less than two miles from the finish, about a mile and a half. Uh, I just started flying through the woods and actually had a couple of people comment to me afterwards um, that uh, I passed them in that wooded section and they couldn't believe how, how fast I was going down that hill. So I, I was, I felt good. I knew the end was in sight. I knew I'd gotten that far. Uh, unfortunately though, uh, and this is where we're going to get a little bit into the mindset. I, I was, I knew what was waiting at the end and what was waiting was within probably the last 800 meters of this race was a gauntlet of our obstacles, starting with the spear throw. Uh, spear throw to the rig, which was rings and a uh, solid bar in the middle <clears throat> of the ring section. And then there was Olympus, there was Herkhoist, there was rope climb, and then the uh, fire jump to the finish. So I started to think of these obstacles because spear throw, unfortunately, this year I had missed it in the previous four races. And uh, so I'm trying to will myself these positive thoughts of visualizing, you know, the spear going into that the straw, visualizing even the sound that it's going to make going into that straw. Um, and uh, so I, I was trying that, but I think I was like overdwelling on it uh, is probably what happened. But also I don't practice it. So it's kind of hard to to get a really strong visualization when all I've known in the last four races was was miss. And we're not talking like just missed. I mean, these some of these throws were terrible. Um, the second race of the year, I literally threw the spear over top of the of the bales. Um, the, it actually got stuck back there. It was uh, <laughs> embarrassing. But ultimately, I I'm flying out of the woods. I know the end is in sight. I know there's some tough obstacles. I failed Olympus this year already when it was wet because I couldn't get my feet placed on it. Uh, I failed Hercules many times, especially when there's rain. Um, just the, the bag is heavier, and um, fortunately, it's just it's just a challenge for me. I've gotten the Hercules in both sprint races, um, but I have not gotten it in uh, the Beast races. Actually, I may have gotten it in the. Actually, I think I did get it in the Beast. That was in uh, Mountain Creek back in April. But anyway, so the, the the thoughts were swirling, and I got to spear throw, and unfortunately, I missed. And you know, the the best part about it was I didn't. I didn't get upset. Uh, I didn't pout. I didn't curse. I didn't yell. I didn't stand there and put my head down. I just I missed and I ran. I knew I was in good position, and I believe at that point I was probably, if not third, I was in fourth place. Uh, not that I was aware of it, but I knew I was doing well. So I didn't waste any time. I sprinted to the burpee pit and started doing my burpees, and the burpees ultimately. Uh, which you know you, you don't really think about, but you're putting your hands down into the cold, wet grass and mud. And although I was kind of barely hanging on to them being warm, they got cold. And I, you know, again, you don't realize. And after 30 burpees, I realized that wow, my hands are freezing, and they're starting to get tough to get feeling in my fingertips. So of course, running down the hill, I get greeted by the uh, the rig. And, you know, it's wet. And, of course, now my hands are cold and wet with a little bit of muddy. Um, got through the first section of rings. I'm, I'm sliding along the bar. And I'm realizing, wow, I don't even know how I'm still up here. Like, I was really, I couldn't feel my fingers. Get to the other set of rings on the other side of the bar. And as I'm on the second to last ring, pretty much swinging for the bell, I just, I mean, I, I just fell off. You know, just completely helpless. 
fell to the ground. And again, didn't waste any time, just sprinted to the burpee pit. Uh, several other guys over there. And uh, anyway, burpeed out. Now I'm even colder. Uh, my body now is getting cold, but my fingers even colder. Sprint down to the bottom of the hill, get onto Olympus. You know, again, just cold, no grip, can't get your feet on it. So I'm just kind of hanging on with my knees, sliding across. I can't feel my fingertips, trying to get my fingers, my hands into the holes. I was using the holes as best I could. Uh, hindsight, I probably should have relied more on the chain. Um, but I uh, ended up, my demise was I was trying to use the uh, <clears throat> the rock grips. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how close I was to the end. I was probably one or two, no more than two more uh, holds away from just getting that bell. And <clears throat> again, just a sad, helpless feeling. And you just slip off the grip and down the wall I went. So again, didn't waste time, sprint to the burpee pit, burpeed out, hercoist, I couldn't even get the dumb bag off the ground, my hands were just shot at that point, um, burpeed out there, so I'm 100, and I had a clean race, was flying, probably in third place, uh, definitely I would say top four, um, and uh, there I was, 120 burpees into this thing. And luckily, though, I ran out of uh, the, the burpee pit from the Hercules. The right, you know, less than 25 yards away was the uh, rope climb. And I uh, was able to do that thanks to confidence and knowing technique and using my legs. Um, for whatever reason, I did seem to have a good grip on that rope. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so knocked that out. Finished strong. Had a two-hour and five-minute finish time. Uh, actually put me in seventh place overall. Um, I don't know how long burpees take. I think when you start getting tired, burpee, a set of 30 burpees can take, you know, up to three minutes, two and a half minutes. So, uh, so definitely well over 10 minutes I spent doing burpees, uh, during that last gauntlet of obstacles. So it, it could have been a really sweet time, an hour 55 ish, I guess, if, uh, if I had a clean race. Um, but, uh, but, I, but I'm happy. I got it finished. Uh, it was cold. It was windy. Uh, I was advised that there was a warming tent, which was phenomenal. Spent probably close to a half hour sitting in there afterwards with the other guys, uh, recapping the race. Um, it's telling the stories and, uh, you know, I was, I, I obviously wanted to finish a podium. I had on my vision board podium finishes, uh, the, uh, super for, October 27th and for the sprint October 28th and uh, so I, I I was there I was in position uh, but spear throw just kind of completely derailed the whole last part of the race but I was absolutely you know just invigorated with uh, you know the thrill of knowing I finished especially seeing some guys in the tent and hearing that they actually had to quit um, and it, it just was like shocked me it was like seriously how and, you know, just literally their, their toes or their fingers were just so cold, they, they made a decision it wasn't worth to continue. And, um, you know, as, as the day wore on, uh, as I started to hear more stories and read more of the posts that were popping up, uh, I can tell you my pride just kind of went up a little bit more and more every, every, every story I read. I uh, just felt better about... Um, you know the the mental strength and fortitude I had during the race, and I and the, the moral of all of this, uh, I believe, is the, is the is the mindset of just knowing you can do it, and being prepared. And I, I had put in the work over the last year or two, and I know this is uh, early in this uh, podcast, 
um, you know, debut debut week of my podcast. But uh, as we as we go on, and time will tell, what we'll kind of share the, the the journey I've been on and the different things that I've discovered and implemented in my life. But it, it's just, you know, it, it amazes me to think of where I've come from just in literally the last year, uh, let alone two, let alone five years. Uh, to think that I was this high and being this competitive in a race like this where the old me would have just absolutely either wouldn't have been able to hang in there or just would have mentally just collapsed and gave up and phoned it in or, or, or packed it in and walked off the course and felt sorry for myself. Um, but, uh, you know, it was just the, the belief that I could do it and, you know, the training and the practice that you put in, the preparations were there. And I'm just a, just an average guy, man. Just an average guy who just had big desires and and a, and a passion to do more, and uh, and and it was awesome. It, it was just great to kind of have that feeling. And you know, I, I it was my first ever attempt of a back to back Spartan uh, as well. Um, so I raced Sunday in the the sprint race, and to, uh, to keep it quick. I got the lead in the sprint, again, after one of the most grueling races I've ever done um, the day before. Waking up, maybe a little sore, I guess, as you would expect. Nothing too extreme. I could walk fine. I, I felt good. Uh, I had a good warm-up. I, you know, nothing was, was achy. Uh, just you know, maybe just mild muscle soreness. It was an incredible feeling getting up, having that feeling and knowing again, due to the work that you're putting in that you're able to do this. But I got the lead, uh, on Sunday, uh, at the top of the mountain, uh, one of the over walls, little short, little three foot wall, four foot wall, whatever it is. Um, I, I took the lead and I did not look back. I was just a man on fire, and I was just hauling through the woods, hauled the downhill, just, you know, dunk tank was filled to the top on Sunday, just flew across that. My wife and, and my, my son were there down at the dunk wall later. My wife tells me, she's like, you know, most of the people who came by that dunk wall would kind of come up to the water, slow down, maybe gently, you know, submerge themselves in the water, walk across, you know, maybe a little jump. Not you. I came flying down. I knew the water was there. I knew what I had to do. I cleared most of the water, land up near the wall, put my head right under, got under that wall, and just took off, man. I mean, what a feeling to be in the lead. Just never been in the lead, or at least never been in the lead and known I was in the lead uh, during a Spartan race. And uh, and I kept that lead. I flew. I crushed as many obstacles as I could. I, I ran that entire climb. Um, some of it was a very slow run, trot, but uh, still, I, I kept the running form. I was I refused to give up. I knew that that was going to be the last climb, and everything would be downhill from there. Um, you know, for the first time, I really just was motivated to stay on the bucket and not stop and, and keep a heavy, uh, steady pace, pick up the pace, passing people in the bucket instead of just babying it as I normally would. Uh, even a sandbag, you know, had a light trot going, which is normally not what I do. I usually just kind of pace myself through it. But man, being in the lead just felt, was just so empowering. And uh, as I started the, the final, actually after the bucket carry, it was pretty much over. I mean, there was the uh, the cargo net, um, then there was the Atlas carry, and uh, and then right into that final gauntlet, including the spear. 
And, uh, you know, what's interesting in this case, you know, again, I, you know, I knew Spear was coming, so I was thinking about it, trying to think positive. Uh, but the Atlas carry, I think, is what got me. Um, the course on Sunday, although it wasn't raining from all of the rain, probably more than an inch of rain that occurred the day before and thousands of people stampeding through this course. I mean, it was a complete slop fest, mud fest. And um, so with Atlas Carry, those of you who aren't familiar with it, you're basically picking up a giant stone. I don't even know how much these things weigh, 80 pounds maybe. Um, and you just you run maybe 20 feet, you drop it, and you do five burpees. And then you pick it up, you carry it back, drop it, and then you take off. And uh, the other side where you had to drop it and do your burpees was literally mud soup. So doing your burpees, you're just getting your, your hands are just seeking into three inches of mud, cold mud. And, you know, by the time I got out of that, my hands were just covered in mud. They were cold. And I was trying desperately to clean them off, going into the woods, trying to find some grass. Um, probably wasted more time than I should have just trying to get my hands clean. But as I found some nice patch of grass, uh, you know, again, it's cold grass. It's wet grass. It's cold. I'm cleaning my hands, trying to get them, you know, wiped up as best I could because I knew Spear was coming. And, uh, you know, by the time I got the Spear, I just, unfortunately, I just, I again, I was just, I didn't have the confidence and didn't have the feeling in my hands. And, you know, not that I'm looking for excuses, but it, it was poor effort. It wasn't even close. Uh, way short. Um, and uh, again, the nice thing is I didn't mess around and feel sorry for myself. I sprinted to the burpee side. I started my burpees, I, you know, went hard at them. And I'm just, I have no idea at this time how far my lead is. I knew I was leading. I knew I was running hard. But uh, ultimately, as I literally was, well, I was probably on burpee 22-23, uh, when uh, Dan, who was in second place at the time, got to the spear throw. And so I just kind of turned it on at that point. And literally, as I stood up after doing completing my 30th burpee, I stood up to the sound of his spear going right through the, sp the hay bale. Um, it's a beautiful sound, but not when you uh, when you just witnessed your competitor do it uh, right in front of you. So, uh, so props for him. And, you know, for those of you, again, who have done a certain race, who have made that spear throw, man, it is a jolt of energy and electricity when you hit that spear. I know last year I did pretty well hitting the spear. And uh, when you hit it, man, you are just on fire because uh, it's such a wild card. You know, you know some of these obstacles you're going to get. I mean, you know, for those of us highly competitive, you know we're pretty much going to get all of them. Spear's the one kind of wild card. It doesn't matter how strong you are, how great your grip strength is, or how fast you are. Um, you're 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 throwing something that's odd, you know, and you don't into straw, and you don't know if it's going to stick. So many variables, but ultimately, I came out ahead of him because again, I was running as he hit the spear, but again, his jolt of enthusiasm when he hit that spear and my just sense of deflated like I just lost this whole lead we start going down the hill which the rig awaited so again my hands were coated in mud from doing burpees I had to go and find grass and try to clean my hands um, the rig uh, I did get through it it was all rings I didn't do my normal monkey swing I did use two hands on each ring to get across just to make sure I didn't fail it uh, I did get through Olympus um, Herkhoist, I couldn't budge. 
So I had to go burpee out. But now I pretty much accepted second. But it's now I don't know where third is. So I uh, I made short work of the burpees at the Hercules. Uh, flew through those. Luckily crushed rope climb. Got myself a second place finish. Uh, which so pumped about. But man, if I got that spear, I don't know that I would have got Hercules. But I know that if I would have been on burpee 30 as Dan was finishing the Hercoist, uh, there's no way he would have beat me. I would have flew up that rope so darn fast um, and sprinted to the end. There would have been no way. So I could afford to miss one obstacle at the end, um, not two. And uh, the spear just the spear just hurt me. But um, but ultimately, man, second place in a Spartan competitive is a just unbelievable. So pumped. It was on my vision board. I wrote it down. I committed to it. I posted it on Facebook. Things we'll talk about down the road. But, um, you know, just so exhilarating. What a weekend. Uh, the elements just made it just so intense, um, but so invigorating, so exhilarating. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a, it's an honor to be a part of, of something like this that's special, that, that, that unites people in, in a common goal of, of, pushing yourself to limits and just seeing what you're what you're capable of and uh, you know it's a it was a super special too uh, my wife Aaron and son Keegan were there uh, I saw him coming down the hill after the uh, the rig at the bottom of the hill was Olympus and the Hercules rope climb so it was awesome coming down the hill and seeing them cheering hearing them cheer me on um, you know, even Olympus, the way it was set up, I chose the, the section that was uh, on the outside facing the crowd just so uh, so they could watch, um, you know. And it's, it's putting myself on the line because it's, it's one thing to, you know, to, to fail. But if you do it privately, no one knows, you know, hey, no one's going to judge you for it. But I put myself out there. You know, I didn't know how I was going to do. Uh, my hands were cold at that point. But I just put myself out there and said, I'm going to do it. Watch me do it, you know. And uh, I don't know, maybe the, the fear of being judged for failing had an, um, some motivation. But I don't I don't know. I uh, just wanted to will it in front of my family, who I know, you know, we're, we're, we're getting cold as well. Uh, but just such a special feeling, just so so incredible to be a part of it. But, uh, but ultimately, you know, as wonderful as the weekend was and as long as this kind of rant is going on, it, the, the reality was um, <clears throat> mindset w was key. And mindset, not just on race day, not just on the night before, but on the days leading up to it with preparation and doing the right things and knowing uh, and being confident that you're on the right path and uh, just convincing yourself day in and day out that what you're doing is, is, is preparing you little by little um, to just kind of move up the ladder um, in, in your athletic you know, endeavors. So, uh, so it was a really cool experience. Uh, the last of my Spartan races for 2018, I did complete my first ever double trifecta. So six Spartan races, six finishes, um, I had two podiums, one third up at West Point in a sprint, and then a, a second place on Sunday at the sprint uh, in New Jersey. So both in New Jersey, both sprints. So maybe that's my thing. I got to stick to sprints in New Jersey. But, um, but you know, no injuries. And uh, some stuff we'll talk about of how I've, I've been able to overcome, um, you know, these nagging little injuries that keep 
derailing training and uh, race day efforts and uh, it's just it's just an awesome journey and I'm looking forward to more opportunities to share with you guys some more specifics this is probably going to be the longer one uh, of these podcasts generally want to keep them less than 15 minutes but uh, if you tuned in this long I appreciate it and uh, I hope you guys all have a wonderful uh, day a wonderful week and look forward to uh, spending some time with you again in the future Uh, thanks again love blessing peace and abundance to all of you guys Until next time. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Your time is valuable and we appreciate you spending it with us. Realizing your optimized self begins with taking action and making progress every single day. Achieving a fuller life can be as simple as smiling more often while embracing the infinite possibilities waiting for you. If you like what you heard today, be sure to hit that subscribe button and share with your friends. We are grateful for your support and appreciate you sharing this with others. See you in the next episode. And remember, together, let's all live Warrior Optimized.